0: I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter eleven, verse sixteen. Matthew chapter eleven, verse sixteen, and I want us—I want us to just say hashtag life change. Matthew eleven—that's the first book in the New Testament—and chapter eleven you will find uniquely placed between chapter ten and chapter 12, Matthew chapter 11. And uh, let's, just, let's just look at it together. Verse 16 is where I want us to draw our attention. Verse 16, but to what shall I liken this generation, we could say, or this culture? or this time period to what shall I liken this generation? That'd be a tough comparison, wouldn't it? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and crying out to their fellows, saying, we have piped to you and you did not dance. We have sung songs and you did not mourn. Verse 18, for John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking and you say he has a devil. Jesus came eating and drinking and you say here's a gluttonous man, a drunkard, and then that slur, minted as a slur, became the greatest statement made concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. A friend of sinners. I think sometimes we lose sight that Jesus is not the friend of the church, He's the friend of sinners. Usually the only reason he appeared at church was to correct them. I think pastors have lost sight of that. Today we appease the church and ignore the sinner. We feel like our preaching is to entertain believers. And we are coming to the realization in 2020 that there's something far greater and far deeper that God Almighty has laid before us. In the beginning, God existed alone with himself. He longed for a comrade, a confidant, a companion, We could say he was searching through the endless ages of eternity for a friend. From the very beginning, God's purpose has been to align himself and fellowship with the man that he made in his own image. He searched among the citizens of eternity for just such one, but he found none. So our Canaan king scooped down and created a man out of the red, cool clay of earth. He built for him a home there, and he dwelt with him in something we refer to as the elegant Garden of Eden. Man and God were one. Adam fellowshipped freely with his father in the brilliance of paradise there were no reassurances needed. With the cool breezes of eternity blowing around man's shoulders, those words of God echoed in his being, who shall separate me from the love of God? But you know the story. Right there in the middle of that pristine paradise, Our forefather Adam sided with God's great arch enemy, Satan. At that moment, the boldest rebellion in the human family was begun. God came down in the midst of all that retrieval where man had wound his moral clock backwards. The image of God had been dashed to pieces. Death came and turned blue the lips of the children of men. The locust and its great king came and turned blossom into dust. Lust conceived produces sin. Just say that with me. Lust conceived produces sin. So what is lust? Lust is the desire to satisfy yourself at the expense of someone else today marriages are built on lust they're not built on love y'all have known each other 15 minutes what you're invested in is this body looks at that body and says oh my body wants that body so the at the expense of others it seeks to serve itself the modern church is much the same it seeks to benefit and gratify itself at the expense of others when all we want to do in church is hear how god can make our life better and we forget and ignore the hurting hordes of humanity all around us dying destitute depraved diseased forgotten separated even in our own family, then truly we're serving God out of a heart of lust, not out of a heart of love. We say it around here a lot, love God, love people, but we forget that love has at its core self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice is entry-level Christianity, and often we forget why God came and put a face on himself through Jesus and why we are supposed to put a face on Jesus to those who are around us. With flaming sword, man was banished to the eastern plains of sterile Eden, and there he stood in jeopardy before God and before the holy angels. You see, man had willingly divorced himself From divinity, when he refused escape from the entanglements and the enticements of evil. Touch your neighbor and say, You're at a tree. Man involved himself in a crazed conspiracy, watch this, to become like God. The serpent said, Has God said not to eat of that tree? Has he said that? Is that what he means? Because boy, look at this thing. Look at this thing. It's good for food. It's beautiful. It's good to eat. But the bottom line was God placed it there so human beings would make a choice because love can only be exemplified where a choice is demanded. Did you hear me? When you get down on one knee and you break open that ring that you already paid for in cash. And it's just a little bit nicer than that one she could get out of a Cracker Jack box. Because you thought about it, you prepared it, you didn't lust her, you loved her, and you wanted to benefit her, and you didn't want her to walk around sharing with the world your poverty-ridden self. That's how God is. He doesn't want to show the world that those that his son gave his life for can barely get by, are the most depressed people on earth that are sick and sorry and sad, mad, Pentecost, Man's promise of the knowledge of good and evil was procured. A knowledge of every evil and atrocity flooded his being for the very first time. And he reached out his trembling hand and realized that everything that was good and lovely and of a good report, health and blessing and wealth and peace and joy and happiness lay just outside his sin-infected reach. In the hollowness of his heart, Adam heard the words, Blessed are the pure in heart for they alone shall see God, but the pure you see had become polluted. Man had successfully shut the door of his heart on his friend and a chasm was constructed between the creation and the Creator and in those darkened recesses man began to devise a plan to satisfy his damning desires. But your Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. One exposure to Satan's corruption carried the communicable disease of sin and contaminated the bloodstream of every human being. Lawlessness lorded over the land. Satan had successfully separated man from his source of sustenance and substance, God himself. Very simply put, man had and does miss the mark. Sin became the standard. Death became the decree. When sin is the standard, Death is the decree. When sin is the standard, death is the decree of God. You shall not eat, for in the hour that you eat, you will surely die. Jesus said it this way, the wages of sin is death everybody get ready to shout now but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord if you received it jump up on your feet and let the redeemed of the Lord shout so you're happy you're washed in the blood your sins are forgiven you've had dynamic life change old things have passed away all things have become new go ahead and shout now in the depths of god's being in that moment i believe he wept And I believe over stammering lips and tear-filled eyes, God himself may have said words along these lines. Hear me now. It was my friend who forsook me. The one I created in my image. The one that I freely gave all things I gave him a million trees that were good to eat a billion trees that were fair to look at but I needed something so he could prove that he loved me so I put one tree and he had to have it all. Is that why you're in God's kingdom? Because you got to have it all. Well, there was, a, there was a man in your Bible, over in the book of Luke, chapter round 16, 18. Verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one's good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit murder including the unborn. Do not commit adultery, including on the internet. Do not steal, including your tithe and taxes. Do not bear false witness about your friend on your Facebook. Honor your father and mother. Now obey is when they are younger. This is a full grown man. Your children are to obey you first. And then when they are full grown, if you have caused them to obey you, they will honor you. And this young ruler said, I've done every bit of this since I was a child. Few of us can say that, but he could. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, but you lack one thing, hold a finger up and shout one thing, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Now don't think of this simply in terms of money, it wasn't that he had money, it was that he couldn't let go of money. Now I don't know what you think you have a hold of that in reality has a hold of you. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's that you have no prayer life. Maybe it's that you're not faithful to church services. Maybe it's that you don't tithe. Maybe it's that you don't give offerings. Maybe it's that you don't love your wife as Christ loved the church. Maybe it's that you don't obey your parents. Maybe it's that you don't honor your parents. I don't know what's got a hold of you maybe it's the national football league maybe it's uh what are they essential oils this is all but a worship cult look 150 people just got mad because they all selling it okay i have used essential oils i confess But I can tell you, I can certainly live without them. In other words, I may have a hold of some essential oils, but they don't have a hold of me. I'm not gonna go sell them and miss church. You didn't hear what I said. Say, let go of me. No, no, that's not what you need to say. Say, I release you from control in my life. I don't serve myself. I serve Jesus. I'm not turning my back on him. Okay, flip back a couple of chapters to chapter 16. Verse 19, there was a rich man Clothed in purple, that meant he had authority, and fine linen, he fared sumptuously every day. There was also a beggar named Lazarus. He was covered with sores. Who had been placed at the gate of the rich man daily, desiring to be fed just from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and, carried the, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's presence. The rich man also died and was buried. Moral of the story, you're not getting out of here alive. Whether you're rich or a beggar, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. In hell, being in torment, the rich man lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham at a far distance, and Lazarus in his presence. For he cried out, have mercy on me. This is that rich man. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. Here's what I heard the Holy Spirit say. Some that are clothed in purple, and yet have unconfessed hidden sin in their hearts. Who appear to be in the kingdom of God and faring sumptuously every day. Today, if you got a real revelation of eternity, would you stay in your current condition? Or would you wanna have Just one more talk with Jesus. Maybe you would want our precious life change testimony today to just go dip her finger. As she's comforted in Abraham's bosom and take a drip of water and place it on your tongue. That's what her life change testimony should do for us today. It should bring eternity into full view. It could remind us that Jesus is not the church's best friend. He's the sinner's best friend. And that just may include you this morning. I asked the Lord not long ago, I said, what is sin? John Wesley, one of the greatest preachers of a generation, asked his mother one day, a praying woman, Susanna Wesley, he said, Mama, what is sin? What is sin? Watch now. She said anything that impedes the tenderness of your conscience. Anything that weakens your reason, anything that obscures your deep sense of God, anything that dulls your deep desire for spiritual things. Anything that gets in the way of your prayer life, anything that gets in the way of your Bible reading, anything that gets in the way of your worship, anything that tries to steal your praise, anything that would tempt you to stay away from the house of God when full well you can get there. Anything that dulls your deep desire for spiritual things. Anything that increases the authority of your body and your mind over that of your spirit, that to you is sin. And sin brings forth death. Now don't think of it as the death of your body. Think of it rather that Adam lived another 990 odd years after he sinned. He was not talking just about physical death. Someday you will die physically. But let me ask you this question today. Is your spiritual life the most vibrant it's ever been? Is your prayer life the most vital it's ever been? Is your Bible time the most refreshing it's ever been? Are you witnessing to anybody? Are you bringing anybody to church with you? Are you posting your testimony online? Are you hashtagging life change? Or are you just a petrified saint? Petrified wood has no life. Petrified wood bears no fruit. Petrified wood has no fragrance. You're supposed to be a tree planted by the rivers of water that in its season brings forth its fruit. Where is it? you want to talk in tongues and talk about the gifts of the spirit i want to examine your fruit oh it's not getting shouting territory in here now is it it's a sad indictment that if we go through deuteronomy 28 most of the church is operating in more of the curse than the blessing if we go through Galatians 5, most of the church is manifesting more of the fruit of the flesh than the fruit of the Spirit. Why are you looking at me funny? Because it's Sunday morning. It's first Sunday. It is the first Sunday in the Hebrew year 5780. Eight is the number of new beginnings. This is the opportunity on the first Sunday of a new year, of a new decade for your turnaround. I know you want it. I know you want to praise the well up on the inside of you, that there aren't enough tormentors, there aren't enough distractions, there aren't enough devils, there's not enough disease to stifle your praise. I know you want to be that kind of believer that comes through these doors with a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song making melody in your heart as unto the Lord. I know that's the kind of person you can want, you can be and you want to be. What's sin? Every cruel, painful, fierce, ravaging, plague. And stop calling your sin your problem, your issue, my tendency. Well, my dad. Well, my mom. Well, they. You mean to tell me that the same spirit that invaded the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and raised to life again the three-day dead body of the Prince of God now dwells in your mortal body and you're tired? You're weary? Feel your mouth open your mouth wide and God said I will fulfill it now you see can you imagine God saying that if you will just open your mouth wide God said I will fill it and fulfill it now you see God's daring you to take him at his word. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be weak. This book says, let the weak open their mouth and he will fill it. Fill it with what? His word. He said, let the weak say, I'm strong. show somebody and tell them I don't have to stay like I am. Say, don't judge me now. There's about to be life change. Not just from somebody from the short north. Because her sin was visible. The problem with you is yours is hidden, which is the worst kind. Your critical spirit, your lying tongue, Your thieving, giving, your prejudice, your racism. You know pastor, you can just be around too many of another race, really. Poor Gentiles. What would they do with Jesus? That filthy Jew. Hidden. Tucked away. Only talked about with your wife in the bedroom. The issue is, God's there. every cruel and painful and fierce and ravaging plague every curse and blight known to the human family to satisfy its ceaseless craving men will sell their souls many will spend eternity in hell attempting to fill its endless void but there's an answer i said there's an answer i said there's an answer answer." Our great high priest Jesus of Nazareth left him heaven's majesty for an earthly manger. He came for one reason. He came to repair, to reconcile, to restore the broken, torn, jagged relationship between a temporal man and a timeless God. Your Bible said, sin biteth like a serpent. Proverbs says, sin is finished, lives like a mouthful of gravel. That's the reason some people can't get a praise out on Sunday, because their sins like a mouthful of gravel. Your Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Not just speaking, as I shared with you a moment ago, not just speaking about dying, meaning you cease to be, because I can tell you that's not death at all. True death is separation from the life source. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. He said, The thief came to kill, the thief came to steal, the thief came to destroy, and then hear him announce with clarity and clarity. I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. Oh, I'm trying. Today, as we open this sacred book, today as I've read from its pages, here we find the solution. The solution is a solitary figure. See him hanging there, suffering and sighing, crying and dying, a red rivulet of blood running down a naked side, dripping off his toes into bloody pools on the earth. And with a splash of every drop he's saying, I did this for you. Come to me. All ye will listen to it that are weak and heavy laden. <laughs> Come and learn of me, said he, for my yoke's easy. The devil has sold you a lie. He showed you so the delight to you that total surrender is difficult. Total surrender is not difficult. Halfway surrender is miserable. That solitary figure simply known as the sinner's best friend. (laughs) And here's what it says, repent now for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You didn't get it, repent now He didn't say the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of heaven in immediacy and imminency is at hand. I'm going to try again. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Imminent. Oops. And immediate he's not talking about in the blue by and by he's talking about the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ being answered thy kingdom come now <laughs> thy will be done now on earth if you're on earth go like this so say right here thy kingdom come All of your will be done right here, right now, as it is currently transpiring in heaven. When we repent of our sin, heaven is thee. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Nobody looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is it. First Sunday. First Sunday of January. First Sunday of a brand new year, 2020. First Sunday of a new decade where God says, If you will but open your mouth, I will fill it and fulfill it now. You will see. However you say it and speak it, that's how it shall be. Look at me. I'm going to teach you one thing I don't want you to ever forget. Are you ready? Here's how you pass from death to life, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Here's how your name gets enrolled in the Lamb's book of life with an eraser that would never be able to blot it out. Here's how. Put your hand on your heart and say this with me. With my heart, I believe. Do you notice I didn't have you put your hand on your head? Because your, your head is crazy. Somebody said the other day, I, I have a bit of a mental issue. I said, well, I'd think you strange if you didn't. Everybody I know does. Our minds are crazy. The spiritually dead are led by the head. Your, your head doesn't get it. He didn't say your head. He said your heart. That's your spirit. With your heart, you believe. But now wait. And with your mouth, confession is made that brings salvation. So how in the world do you think you're going to get anything else in the kingdom of God? believe in your heart speak it with your mouth oh hallelujah oh hallelujah I mean if he can take you from hell to heaven by you believing and speaking he can do anything you need done in this world if you'll just believe it and speak it every head bowed and every eye closed somebody today needs to make everything right with God before you leave here You want to know that you're as absolutely sure for heaven as if you were already there here's how simple it is you have to acknowledge your need now you may not feel at this moment that you're on your way to hell but you may feel there are things between you and god that are stopping the divine life from flowing through you as you know god wants it to If you're in either one of those categories, when I say three, and you wanna leave this building today as sure for heaven as if you were already there and knowing there's nothing between you and God. When I say three, raise that hand. Do it now, one, two, three. Leave it up, leave it up. Everybody in the building, here we go. Lay your hand on your heart and speak these words. Today, I am in authority. Today, I have control of my destiny. Today, I take my rightful place. Today, I open my heart and I believe the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior, my teacher, my life giver. It is my desire to be obedient and full of his word. So this day, I confess that I believe Jesus, you are Lord over all my life. I decree it, I declare it, I believe it, I receive it, it's mine, I have it now. Now celebrate a brand new you this morning.